Welcome back to Ice Tea with your Vice P. I'm your Vice President, Jessica Marshall, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about failure, so stay tuned. Joining me today, I have two very special guests in the studio. So we have Victoria, who is a second year here for Bachelor of Film and TV. Would you like to say hello, Victoria? I was waving, even though this is all audio. Yeah. Hello! Victoria is waving at you all. And joining us also is Zach, who is an alumni of our animation program. Hi, Zach. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. I'm so happy to have you here with us as well. Cool. And what joins these guys together, and uh, why I've brought them in, is they are wonderful speakers coming to you from the Toastmasters Club. Um, so if you haven't heard about Toastmasters, you should definitely check it out on Club's Corner. You can go on there and check out all the details about the meeting. But if you guys want to say a little bit about what the club's about, let's uh, let's delve into that first. Well, Victoria, what's the club about? Oh, you want me? Okay. Well, I've been pitching this a lot because I've been talking to a lot of first years. Yeah, you'll be killing it this year. <laughs> Essentially, what this club is, is we're a little small, but getting pretty large community here on campus. We're a student club, and we're part of this uh, international organization called Toastmasters, where we're encouraging everybody of ages over 18. <laughs> I mean, to, we're not picky, yeah, but we're not generally, picky, but yeah. yeah, you got to be a team. But we're trying to encourage almost everybody to feel more confident as a speaker, as a communicator, as a leader, and we really help want to help with skills like networking, presenting, doing speeches, and feeling like you're part of the community. So it really boils down to uh, communication and leadership which are two skills that are super valuable no matter who you are. And they're also the two things that you can't get better at by like staying at home alone, watching YouTube tutorials. Like it just doesn't <laughs> happen. So yeah, in our club, when you join, or when you, you don't even have to join, we're a little less like pushing the, the paid membership thing and more just, just, just come out, just see what it's like. And then you get opportunities to talk in front of people all throughout the meeting. And so that gets your, up your communication skills. And then when you feel like you're really good at that, and you want to develop your leadership skills, then we have uh, club executive positions where you help run the meetings and you help put on a club and then you get used to uh, managing teams of people. Fantastic. So we talked a little bit about getting involved with clubs in our Get Involved episode, um, which was our episode number two. So check that out for more information. You can go to thessu.ca or go to clubscorner.thessu.ca to find out more or track down Victoria and Zach in the hallways and I'm sure they'll be able to invite you to all of the club meetings. When are these <laughs> meetings happening right now? Tuesdays, well, every Tuesday at 6.30 to 8 p.m. in room G201. And show up early, please show up Trafalgar early. Trafalgar campus. Yeah, the Trafalgar yeah. campus specifically. They do have clubs for the other campuses as well, like HMC and... And Davis, Davis. Yeah, 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 yeah. They both got. You can find more information at our website, sharedandtoastmasters.com. Boom. There you go. Very nice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for, for coming in and being willing to speak on my podcast. So I did invite um, Zach and Victoria here. As a couple weeks ago, I got to hear Zach give a little bit of information and a little talk about what it is like to overcome the feeling of failure and how we can change our perspectives on that. So we know going into the mid-crunch of the school year, I'm sure there's tons of students that are feeling that pressure, that are quietly on the inside wanting to just cry a little bit. You know, you might be majorly behind in some class, or you might be thinking of giving up entirely. I've Definitely been seeing some social media posts lately about students that, that just want to, you know, quit. And uh, it can be really, really rough for people facing that. And I'm sure you're not alone with, uh, with these feelings. Um, so we wanted to, to delve into a little bit about, you know, what it's like to, to come into a place for the first time and maybe come up 
against failure for the first time because a lot of these students are maybe coming in from being the best in their school and they're coming to a really great school here at Sheridan where they're maybe surrounded by other people who are the best and it's making them feel not so great. Um, how have your experiences with that been? Uh, do you want to go first? Or oh, yeah, I, I can got, go I got a great one from <coughs> first year. My life used to suck. Oh, first year <laughs> is when everything happens, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, it was awful. Okay, yeah, so I think I have a nice really nice little quick story. So I'm in film and television. Last year was my first year here, and one of the classes you have is cinematography, and we got our first assignment, and it was to film, like, this little short thing that you had to put together, and it was all fine and dandy, and... Then we got our marks back, and then it's me, and I have a friend, Ethan, and Ibnul, and we all got our marks back, and going into it, being accepted, you live on this high of like, oh my god, I got accepted, like, there must be potential in me that this is going to be great, I'm going to shine through, you have this expectation you put on yourself, and then we got our marks back, and to be fair, it's not even that bad, we got around low 70s, Okay. and getting that, I mean, it did surprise me, because in, in high school, I was getting like 90s and all that, yeah. so it was so easy to just feel like you got shot down right from the get-go, like, oh god. And I remember they were like so sad about it. They were freaking out and talking about how they want to drop. Just like that. They just want to drop. They're like, we have no talent here. From we got to leave. Yeah, from, from a low 70s. They're like, this isn't good enough. And I know they have that fear because especially in creative industries, there's just this high expectation that if you're not the best of the best, you won't get a job and you won't get paid. And that's, there's, that's just an ongoing fear of failure that you come across a lot of the time. And I think to piggyback off that, it's yeah. it's not so much the fear of failure, but the fear of I have no talent. Yeah. So yeah. it's like if I'm not getting the best grades, am I talentless? Yeah, for sure. That's a big struggle. I mean, I've definitely felt that. Yeah, it, it, it's so easy to, especially in the creative industry, because it's it's not... Like it should, it's not necessarily judged by marks, but when you're told, especially especially in judgment, when people are, where you have to be criticized once you're told that it's not that good. It's so easy to feel shot down, and I think that was something to struggle with a lot getting your first assignment back. But it was actually one of my other friends who was talking to me about it, and he was just telling me, he's like, "Hey, if you were perfect at film, and if you're perfect at filming, and you're doing all this, then why are you at school? You just go straight into the industry. You're here to you're here to learn." And you're here to improve and get better at it. So, I mean, at, la- at that point, seeing your lower grade, that just means you've set yourself a, a, a nice little lower level and you could just try to work hard to keep improving from there on. And I was like, yeah, that's great. And we talked to another person, Avi, and I think one of my yeah. favorite quotes that he that said was, was, it's not you win or lose, you win or you learn. And Ooh. I think that's really that's a really important mindset to keep it up. So Well said. Yeah, so myself... I didn't get into my program animation right away when I started uh, here at Sheridan. Actually, how long did it take you to get in? I'm sure there's plenty of kids that are on the second, third try. Yeah, it took me two. Two? Okay. Two. So right out of high school, I tried, and then I, I just way off the mark, right? Because I didn't take I didn't take any tutors. It was right out of high school. I had no mm-hmm. idea what to expect, so I didn't really know what I was shooting for. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that when uh, they're looking at portfolio requirements, they're like, sure, that makes sense. But then at the same time, there's all these little things that you don't know that you're supposed to do because you haven't talked to the people who are marking you yet, right? And it's all about what they want to see. I so, had the same experience. Oh my God. My first application into illustration, I was right out of high school. I was 17 years old. 
and it was the first time that someone had told me you're not good enough at art. Nice. Oh. And feels great. I was wow. so good in my in my high school class. I was like, everyone's like, "Whoa, you're so amazing!" And I had all this positive yeah. feedback constantly. And then all of a sudden, I'm running with the big dogs because we're all big dogs here at, at Sheridan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like there's there's some really talented people yeah. here, and you you know it, you're one of them because you're here. But being told like, oh, maybe you should, and you know what it is? They told me to go to Art Fundamentals and yep. I had a pride that. moment. And I was like, no. All <laughs> right. Stick it to the man. So did you go to Art Fundies? Hell yeah. <laughs> I eventually came back, spoiler alert, and I went to Art Fundies and now I'm in illustration, but it was a journey. Hey, you know what they say about fundies? What do they say? It's where the fun dies. Oh. <laughs> and you haven't even got started yet. <laughs> it's where the fun... It, I, I had fun, and it gave me the skills I needed to get into my program. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I So I, I I think fundies is okay. I don't mind it. Uh, if I could do it again, I would just take one of those uh, those those classes you can find. Like Continuing in education? Oh. No, 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 no. no like specific ones where it's just for the animation portfolio at Sheridan. Like, there's tons of them. It's a whole business getting into... Getting into Sheridan. Getting into Sheridan is a freaking <laughs> business, man. Yeah. But either way, uh, I, had a good, I, had, I, had, I had a good time in Fundies. Overall, like, I learned a lot, and I'm happier that I did Fundies right after high school instead of jumping right into animation after high school. And why is that? Because when you're in the bachelor program or whatever it is you're shooting for, that um, it is, isn't a fundamentals program, right? Like everyone who's in one of those programs is trying to get somewhere else mm -hmm. or they're just chilling and they want to see where it goes. But then they're usually in VCA, right? So that, that's kind of the stressful thing about fundies is nobody wants to be in fundies and everybody's <laughs> trying to get out of there to and somewhere else. And you all feel- You're constantly looking at everyone else in your program. You feel like you're in competition with everybody. Yeah, them. it's horrible. <laughs> it's like such a bad vibe. But that was also, that was my experience. Like I know plenty of people had a great time, mm -hmm. right? Because of the, the group you hang out with. If you find a good group, you're good to go. It my, is, my, like, Yeah, like my group wasn't with my class. It was with my residence friends and they were all in different programs. Right. Which I think was cool because then we weren't all stressing out about the same thing all the time. Anyway, I- feel that well so when i was in fundies um when i was in my first year the thing that sucked for me and the, the whole like failure thing uh was that uh there was this pressure of getting into the program that i wanted right and i, I think everyone in fundies feels that because you're um you, you don't so much care about your grades in your program like that comes later that comes after you get into the the program that you're going for and like you said you you, you feel like you're like freaking Top Gun and you're yeah, just walking yeah, yeah. around. First year you're like riding that high. You're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I think that happens for everybody too when they get into first year of their program. But like when you're in fundies, you don't even have that high of anything, mm -hmm. right? You're kind of excited that you're in college, but you're mostly nervous because you don't have your, your next like five years planned out. It. You do not feel, that's me though. I think that's most people in fundies. So for me, um, the thing I did like about it was that it, your bachelor program is always harder. And so a lot of people that get into animation, game design, TV right out of high school, I think they have a little bit of a harder time because there's just more to learn, I think. But then also I was living away from home in my first year and you're not living away from home yeah. yet. So that's like a whole challenge in itself, right? Yeah. Having to cook, clean, live by yourself. Like it's, it's a whole thing. So I was happy to have a little less pressure at school because... Uh, I liked my classes. I, I did good in them. But if I, you know, I got a little grade, I didn't really care because all that mattered was the portfolio. Mm -hmm. And then there was also the living away from home. So that was why Fundies was super stressful was because it's just a stressful time and I'm still trying to get into another program. And so, and then about, I think November or December, 
was literally just like the worst month of my life because I hadn't hung out with any of my friends for a while. Like all my residents, I was just like going to class, doing homework, watching Netflix, felt like procrastinating, felt bad, all like on loop. It was <laughs> yeah. horrible, horrible because I, I, I was, because I, I, you know, you're nervous about your portfolio. So you're working on it all the time, but then class is in the way. Like it just is. It is. Like yes. no matter how, how much you learn and fun, like I would love to go back and do fun, like do, I, I don't want to go back, but I'd love to do <laughs> some of the assignments again because they're cool assignments. Especially in second semester, you get some really cool ones. But your heart's not in it because you're focusing. You don't on care about them at all. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you probably can't use them for your portfolio. So it's just this extra course load you have to take for your portfolio. And then in um, so then in December there was a period where I was calling home. I think for two weeks uh, every day, and I was calling my mom and I was just crying because I was so stressed out because I hadn't hung out with any of my friends in a while because I was just trying to focus on work and get my work done which sucks when you're like by yourself stressing out, right? And, as, and so then I, I, I got through it because my dad was like, look, man, like I love, like both my parents are great. Like I have a great relationship with them. But my dad was like, look, you, you have to just, you have to just figure yourself out. You stop calling home. We love you. We're here for you. But you, you're stressing us out. You need, to, you need to just get your work done and then come home for Christmas and then you're good, okay? And I was like, okay. And then- So how long did you procrastinate on your oh, portfolio? Ooh, okay. Well, I wouldn't say I procrastinated a lot because research has has oh so many people leave it to so, the last week well they've shown a link between the fear of failure and procrastination yeah and yeah. that comes down to the the need to be completely perfect at things like i can't get it all done right now so i'm not going to even start yeah um, i procrastinated <laughs> mine so so bad oh yeah, yeah i yeah. did it all in like maybe three weeks which was not the best state for me to be in because i was that ball of stress <laughs> i feel that <laughs> sorry go on Oh, I, um, now I don't procrastinate at all. Really? Um, he's, yeah, he's well, very he's, efficient. He's alumni now. <laughs> yeah, he's well, I like, work now. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, you just get over it. You just, I, like, I, I pay attention to that stuff, though. Like, I really, there's definitely things I procrastinate on, but I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't bother me. And if I'm procrastinating, like, I always think about, like, like, for club stuff, there's always stuff to do every week. And, um, you know, personal life, there's always things. And if I don't, like when I'm working on something that needs to get done and I get it done, uh, I'm usually always thinking like, damn, I really wish I could have done this a few days earlier. But I'm also not leaving it till the last, like the, the, the 11th hour anymore. Like I don't pull any all-nighters anymore. Like I, like I cut that stuff a while ago. So like the standards have changed. Like I don't procrastinate that way anymore. I see Victoria laughing here. When's the last time you pulled an all-nighter? <coughs> well, I mean, I'm still a second year. Zach's yeah, in the adult life right now. <laughs> I kept going until like third or fourth year. I, I'm just in second year. You yeah. know that's going to be me for the next two. Although I'm not encouraging it at all. You know what? Sure. I, I think at this point, I would rather take a late penalty than compromise. Yeah. It's on better. I, I think it's I, better for you in a lot of yeah, ways. I think it's, it's also like that. One thing I'm trying to focus and implement into like all this stress and this fear and trying to do good in school is that you also have to make time for self-care because if you keep, if you get burnout and if you're like crying over it, then if, if you're not enjoying it, then <laughs> you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. You're way, setting right? yourself up for failure that way. Like I understand I pro I'm like a huge procrastinator. I think almost everybody is as well at this point. And it, it's, it's just, it's so it's tough. I understand that. But if, if in the long run, you're not like mentally healthy, you're not physically healthy to push through and get what you get done then it's it sometimes it doesn't even feel worth it. Like I've had it yeah. where I procrastinated and yeah, I got it done the last minute, but I get my mark back or I get feedback feedback back. <laughs> and I'm like, I knew I would have done way better if I just done this earlier and if I just got to it faster 
or even did anything before. Like, yes, some of the greatest works can be made last minute, but if I would take back all those sleepless nights, I think I would. <laughs> yeah, now, just because. Oh, it's all good. Those sleepless nights, are they, are they usually caused by, like, the pressure to succeed and the pressure to of the overwhelming like assignments on your plate or is it more is it due to something else huh. ah. like how do you deal with the pressure to succeed where you're in a program and you're surrounded by a hundred other people who are amazing mm-hmm. at what they do and I, you're looking at your yeah. work and you're like oh god like oh dear <laughs> I I think there's a lot to it. I, I'm pretty happy with myself now because I've definitely changed. I've changed my mindset a lot about this stuff. Because if you asked me in the beginning, not even in first year, but even in high school, and how I felt a pro, like up and coming towards getting into this program, I was so afraid that I wasn't good enough. And it's just, it's so hard. Because again, in the creative industry, there's no measure of like doing a one plus one. And then you're like, yeah, equals two. I'm good. It's <laughs> no, if you want to, if you want to be at the top, you have to be at the top and you have to have those skills and you have to be a people person. That was another thing that was new to me. I was like, oh, you want to be a people person. And it was just all these expectations that I put on myself. I think where the mindset changed is that, first of all, I had to be more positive because there was just so much negativity that wasn't even the people around me it was just myself being so hard on myself and then I was like no I have to start being more positive I have to start feeling good because you have to have I think some level of like ego and confidence to be able to put your work out there you have to have some courage but where are you going to get that courage from if you keep hating on yourself or if you keep expecting everything to be perfect yeah like expectations part of of that that courage piece and part of that self-confident piece comes with that trial and error Mm -hmm. process of overcoming your failures enough that you're like oh oh my god because there's definitely been times where i'm like i made this art piece yeah it's really crappy but i'm gonna hand it in anyway and i'm gonna move on with something else because i know i'm better than this and i know i can do better but this one time this is just good enough it doesn't have to be perfect i saw this thing you just you get so much information online uh there's this youtuber that i watch and she's really cool and she was talking about tips that she's learned from therapy actually Mm -hmm. and she said that one of the tips was that we are often more hurt by our expectations rather than the act themselves and i think that's really true because i find myself being hurt more by my own disappointment rather than the fact that i didn't do something perfectly and it's just that you have such high expectations that when they don't work out you do get disappointed and sad and and that's one thing to work at but uh, another thing that I learned that helps in that sense my friend read a book called toolkit for titans or something like that and it's just like oh tools for titans yeah, tools for, yeah. and one. then there was one of the tips there where it's like treat everything like it's just like a test not like a rin test but just to like test it out and then you know like it might not be the best because we have all these expectations and and then we're afraid that it doesn't fit the criteria of all these other like other things like judgment and all that, if you just treat everything like, I'm just going to test it out, I'm just going to try it out and just throw it out there. You never know what kind of feedback you get. Like you just, if you make a film, just put it in and try a film festival and you'll see where it takes you because that way you're not limiting yourself by these expectations, but rather you're just having fun and trying things out too. That's a wonderful sentiment. I know you had, uh, Zach, you had a good point about the mindset that involves with failure. And Victoria, you speak a little bit, spoke. Yeah. Victoria, you spoke a little bit about that <laughs> just now. So I just want to, to pull that back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you want to go into that and tell us a little bit more? Yeah, the, the gist of my perspective on uh, that topic is that uh, the, the whole thing with failure is that it only matters depending on how you look at it, right? It, like, it, like it's only, it, it only, um, I, I think generally when things bother you, they only bother you or um, 
uh, make you feel good as much as you let it like do do that thing like you're in control of how you feel and how you react to things is what i like to believe because it works out pretty well for me and <laughs> when you <laughs> no i agree, I agree it's yeah. so therapeutic i <laughs> uh, and and with regards to failure, if you, as Victoria mentioned earlier, the thing that we love that this one guy, uh, Avi, said was that uh, failure is really just uh, an excellent opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at things from the perspective of I either got it right the first try or, you know, I just got it right lately. And that's great. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. Done. Uh, that's option A. And then option B is I didn't succeed. I didn't get done what I wanted to get done. Okay, well, that means that you don't, that means that you have like stuff to learn, mm -hmm. right? So instead of focusing on the fact that you didn't do it, like just, just break it down. Think about why didn't it go the way you wanted it to go or what happened or what was outside of your control or what can you do next time to uh, get what you're aiming for. And then if you're looking at it as a learning opportunity, well, then it doesn't, it doesn't feel, it doesn't sting as much. And you're not just kind of stewing in your own, like self, like not good vibes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it's a not good stew. Yeah, not, <laughs> it's good not stew. like a stew I want. It's terrible stew. Yeah. Um. So, how do you feel about the like overcoming failure? Like you hit, like saying like a lot. It's my filler word. It's there. filler. You right think about these now. <laughs> gonna come to Toastmasters. That's you're hilarious. Gonna listen to filler words. Pay attention to this stuff. Um. Big failures. So, so the, my my biggest failure that really hit me the the, the hardest was being rejected from my portfolio to the part yeah. where or to the point where I took art fundamentals. I did so well in art fundamentals that I silver medaled. So I got really really great marks. Nice. And that in college, year, yeah. I still did not apply for illustration because that initial rejection had hit me so hard yeah. Yeah. that I was too scared. I was like, I'm not good enough. And my program professors were all fantastic. We're like, you should apply for illustration. I was like, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to do it yet. No, yeah. no. I'm going to take VCA. So I did year two. <laughs> I had a couple of buddies that were in that boat as well. <laughs> and so I did year two. I learned a bunch of stuff. My art got better. I'm very thankful that I did it. But I honestly, I know I could have, if I'd had the mental fortitude, I would have maybe chosen differently yeah. and instead of spent that extra five thousand dollars i would have maybe applied for illustration a year earlier huh, to the yeah. point where i i put in my portfolio and i was so stressed the day that we had portfolio review so for anyone that is thinking of putting a portfolio in you have to draw it present it and then bring at least the illustration portfolio into the school hand it in and you get a number and then you have to wait all day and then you get your stuff <laughs> back and then you get your marks back about six weeks later. It's all digital now too. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I guess I'm so Well, there's less of the standing in line, the stand holding <laughs> it, looking at other people holding theirs. So, yeah. I, that was the thing. I walked through all the all the hallways and the I'm like internally riding. looking at everyone who's got their art laid out and I'm like, mm, am I better or worse than that person? Yeah. Like, where do I line <laughs> oh, it's up? A horrible feeling. Rank? It was bad. I was so stressed out driving here that I got a ticket oh my god by a police officer in a car really? because oh my god for a disobeying street sign where i turned right on a red light where i was not supposed to turn right and i got pulled over and oh. i was like i'm sorry i wasn't thinking and i that was that was bad yeah no your mind yeah. was entirely oh my god occupied with the other stuff i was so stressed it's crazy. yeah it's crazy how our feelings can affect us right like, and it just takes over it's all because that huge rejection just made me so stressed about failure again i i couldn't bear to think that like all this hard work that I'd put in, it was like I put my soul on the line and anything rejected, especially was like a personal dig about I'm talentless, I'm not good enough. 
mm-hmm. think that's that's a problem for creative people yeah. in general. On that note, and you touched upon it earlier about being being where you want to be, but then feeling like you're an imposter, mm-hmm. right? Because everyone imposter else is so syndrome. good. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, er, that bothers everyone, and <sighs> uh, like you, you usually get used to it, right? But for me, what worked really well is I stopped feeling that way in my program around year two. Because we had a prof that was, uh, he was just awesome. And he made me think a lot more along the lines of, um, you can you, you can like overthink things and get worried about them and talk about them all you want, right? And, and a good cure for that is to keep yourself so busy by just, just working on it <laughs> that you don't have time to like stress. Like, is it better? Is it worse? Because the more you work on it, the more, the more, um, I don't know. Confident? The more qualified you are to talk yeah. about what yeah. you're talking about, and then the more you work on it too, the more yeah. you uh, just by a product of getting better and by by studying and analyzing yeah. what you're doing, then you start to look at like for me uh, like the Disney artists, and then you start to see okay, what do I like, what don't I like, and you start to see things you don't like in like the really good work, mm-hmm. and then that's when you start to get more confident when you start to have opinions on things, and it's not just like worshiping the ground that like the person next to you is walking on. Um, because maybe the work's super cool, but maybe it's not your style, mm-hmm. right? And then you finally figure out like, okay, w- which kind of styles do I like? And then you focus on those. So what about the stress of finding your style? Like I see so many, do, they, hmm. that, do you I find that great, I got a great well? one for this. Oh. Do your thing and then I got a great like a one-liner one? for this. Okay, <laughs> one-liner, so okay, that's putting pressure. I'm like it's the pretext. So uh, yeah, no, it's hard because I think everybody's talking about like, oh, that director style and that, and then you just, everybody's trying to be their own person. And then everyone's, but that that puts a pressure to be ultimately so unique. But that's that's almost impossible <laughs> because there's just there's so many creators out there, and people are bound to overlap and also take away from it. And I think that's actually my biggest problem too when it came to writing scripts. Every time I tried to sit down and write a script, I'm like, oh, that's too much of a cliche, or oh, that's too much of like a that's so inspired. It's obviously inspired by this director that I watch a lot. And it, it actually ended up preventing me from writing anything. I was like, oh, yeah, this summer I'm going to write like 10 scripts. I'm going to go through it. I wrote zero because I always <laughs> stop myself by the first half of the page. What I ended up having to think about like myself is that like we're bound to be inspired from others. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing either. It's one thing to copy like completely, but I think it's another thing to be inspired by it and overlap their ideas and take an idea and make it your own. And you just have to remind yourself that this is just a reality that everyone has to deal with because we've been telling stories since the beginning of time. And it's just a reimagination. Like, yes. Yeah. I mean, tropes exist for a reason. They're fantastic. Yeah. I love, I love it. It's just like, what was it? There's a great Banksy. I say that with quotation marks. Banksy quote, which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, good artists borrow, but great artists steal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like stolen by Banksy. Yeah, no. I think it's, it's again, it's all in the mindset for it that. Really is. And just, I know there's a lot of pressure to try and be wholly unique and be the first one there and to be the shock factor. At the end of the day, we're all just kind of overlapping with each other. And I think that's just a fact of life. Yeah. Okay, here's Take my great thing. Here's yeah. my great thing Take for it this. Away. Right. Okay, so me generally as a rule, I like to uh, keep things simple because the more you like overthink it and the more you worry about it, nah. Those aren't good rules of thumb. Love rules of thumb. Here's one I got from that prof I mentioned earlier who was awesome. Uh, that just really inspired like a lot of us. Um, and it's that it style really isn't something you should shoot for because style is a result it's, it's just a byproduct of um how you do things right St- your style is just the shortcuts that you're taking in the work that you're doing 
And so that's why if uh, let's 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 talk about music for example, mm -hmm. it's always a good idea to learn classical before you start to go out and do blues and jazz and stuff because blues and jazz all improv, right? But how are you supposed to improv and have a style if you don't know your chords and your scales, yeah. right? So in art, for example, he gave us all of these exercises and all these um, ways of drawing that were just super structural, super like technical, uh, like like. You're, you're pretending you're an architect basically you're trying to get perfect lines there's zero style in that mm -hmm. zero whatsoever but they're really good drawings and you're just drawing the shapes you're drawing it like three-dimensionally and you're figuring out how to draw it as best you can right technically trying to make it like perfectly accurate and then when you, and then you get bored of that and, oh, yes. and nobody wants to buy <laughs> nobody wants to buy that but it, it it's very impressive like within your group and then the lines that everybody doesn't draw for example uh, everyone does it differently and then that's your style and you have to go through the classical training first and you have to do your scales so that you know what all the information is and then you choose which information you're gonna put down and then that's your style. I love it. Lo yeah. I love that so much. <clears throat> yeah, you have, to, what was it? you have to like know the rules in order to break them. Know the rules in order to break them. Because then when you don't, when you're focusing on style, yeah. because you know, you wanna go to cons and all your friends are making stickers and every, oh my God, her style's great, I need a style now. No, style is not the goal. Style's just the really nice byproduct of what you're doing. And mm -hmm. when you focus on style and when style is your goal, then you just feel like everything you're doing is a cliche. Yeah. Because you're aware that you're just trying to make your stuff look like this thing that you like. Yeah. Right, because you like the style, but not because you're looking at um, how they're doing things and you're like analyzing it and like choosing to take bits and pieces. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? So, so the more you work and the more you just like focus on working, yeah. <laughs> it's great. I love that. Um, so I think I think those are some wonderful points. So when it comes to overcoming fear, well, I've I've done a little bit of research and I've read in that one of the one of the steps in order to sort of get over that fear factor and push yourself into into motivate because we get scared and then we don't do anything yeah. and then we leave yeah. everything to the last minute and yeah. then it all tumbles on us and Sick we're just, cycle. and then you produce something and you're like i should have done the process work and it would have <laughs> been better and i would have got all these feedback <laughs> for sure um so step one is facing your fear mm -hmm. um so i don't know if you guys have tips and tricks as to how students can really face the things that scare them and just like what is how did what's your motivation to just get up and do it because that's you were just like Zach, I remember yeah. you were like, oh, so just do it and get into a flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just start somewhere. Yes, uh, this is a good one. It actually ties into procrastination, actually. Yeah. I'm in a creative studies class, so we were talking about this, and we had to, like, it was good to just sit down and, like, think about all the things that you think hinders your creativity or hinders your workflow mm -hmm. and stops you. And a lot of it ends up being fear. Mine was procrastination. Wait, which which teacher is this? Uh, she's new. Oh, she's new. Oh, okay. she's new. These are good classes. Shout These out are really new good teachers. classes. <laughs> yeah. Creativity studies. So we were talking about procrastination, and uh, we had then we had to choose like our our weakness. And again, I chose procrastination, and then we had to kind of come up with a tool or a way to like help us. And again, it goes back to that mindset and making that mantra for myself. But what I thought of was another thing, some wisdom that my friend told me, is to think. We usually think of our actions as doing the thing we're supposed to do. Action. And then just choosing not to do that thing. Mm -hmm. But he told me, he's like, you have to start thinking about not doing something as still a choice. You're still doing inaction. Yeah, You're choosing yeah. not to do what you have to do. And then you have to ask yourself at the end of the day, are you okay to keep filling your space with inaction constantly? Are you okay? And like, you have to start learn when to stop and then finally choose to start 
to stop doing an action and start doing some action. And I think putting it into perspective that not doing it is also a choice makes that decision so much more heavier. And then that way it can at least hopefully motivate you to start doing things like you're, start getting them you're done. being cognizant i really like the thought of okay i'm not going to do it today yeah. but if i don't do it today then it means tomorrow i will do the thing yeah it's like i'm i'm specifically partitioning out my week so yeah. tonight is my night off and i don't want to do any yeah. work at all but that means i just have to work twice as hard tomorrow and i have to think about myself and negotiate with myself yeah. and decide if is that the way that i want to go or do i want yeah. to do five minutes of something today yeah that's and great give future uh-huh. jessica yeah uh, you know a bit of a leg up on my my thing tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's it's about being self-aware too. A it lot is. of it, you, you should be self-aware. I, sometimes I just let, when you get to the flow, it does feel like autopilot, but a lot of times in life, especially when I choose to procrastinate, I just feel like I'm on autopilot. Like I just don't have the motivation and I'm not thinking about what I'm not doing. I'm just not doing it. So the more you're self-aware of, and then you think about, what am I doing now? When am I going to get to it? How do I balance my time so I can get the right amount of sleep, do some self-care, but also be productive in my schoolwork and work and anything out of it? Once you're more aware of that and you start planning it, I think that's when you start to feel like life is becoming a little more put together, but it's never 100%. I got a point on the uh, the, the self-care thing because it's good. And you have to, you have to um, listen to your body or your mind yeah. or whatever. Um, and then work that like work according to what you feel like doing so uh the, the but the, then the way i think of the whole treat yourself self-care thing is that um it's whatever you need and it's unique to you mm-hmm. and then the more self-aware you are and the more you um like let's say you're you're, you're, you're flustered right like i when i get flustered a lot is usually because i have like a big to-do list and then um what makes me feel better is just getting started on it or doing something and then as soon as I like check something off the box, I feel better. And I'm like on track, right? But maybe, you it's know. It's different for everyone. It's yeah. different for, for everyone. Me, and it's, like, yeah, and it's different sometimes. And it's different sometimes. Like, yeah. it's like sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then um, if my default is to just go watch Netflix for half an hour, okay, maybe I'm going to feel good. Or maybe I'm going to spend that half hour just thinking about what's bothering me, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes, I, uh, sometimes that is what I want to do. So, you, so what I do is if, if I, when I recognize I'm feeling overwhelmed, and then things are stressing me out is I just kind of I just kind of sit and then I'll probably like out loud tell myself to like okay what do I want right now and I think about what I want right now and maybe I want to like go make food so I go make food and like and making food like feels so good like because you're still (laughs) making something right it's amazing or maybe I want to buy food I'm sick of making food you know and I just like I just ask myself a simple question what do I want right now because that's really all that matters right like you can try to force yourself to work if you don't feel like working and you know Maybe you'll get into the flow. Maybe it's gonna suck, but if you if you if you like ask yourself the question even out loud, then then you have to answer it, right? You have to come up with something that you want right now, and then as soon as you say it out loud, okay, I want to go take a nap. No, that doesn't sound right. And then you can <laughs> find the one that sounds right, and then just go do that. And then and usually I'm feeling better. I also really like the idea of just getting started, like even just five minutes of yeah. something. In the worst case scenario, you stop in five minutes. And then, and then at least you tried. Yeah. yeah. And, and you you're feel done. a little bit better. And the yeah. best case scenario, you get into a zone. And that yeah. zone is, is, yeah. is killer. Right? I think it's, it's just always that starting point that makes it so hard to jump in. But, but also, um, I was struggling over, I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit of writing. And so I reached out to a friend of mine who may or not listen to this podcast. This is shout out to my friend Juan. My friend? My friend? <laughs> shout out to my friend Juan who gave me some really great advice about getting started because I was struggling about how do I start writing the beginning of the story or how do I start writing the introduction of two characters meeting for the first time. 
And uh, his advice was, why don't you just start with the stuff you already know? So write mm. the bits you already know. Draw the thing that you already know. Like start with the stuff that is easy to do and then just slowly just amp up and, and write backwards or work backwards and, and you know, work on, on the things that are coming easy and the rest will kind of follow. And that was really like influential in in my process and how I like to work. But even just getting started and doing just yeah. something. That's so vital. It helps. And that, that's something I feel like can be just like get up and clean up my workspace so that when I sit down, I feel like I don't have a cluttered desk anymore. That so makes a big difference. It does. Yeah. It does. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to clear my desk so that when I actually start down, I don't have to think about, oh, God, where's that pen that I needed? Like this rolled off the table. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, facing your fear and I think acknowledging the fact that you're procrastinating, acknowledging the fact that you're nervous to get started is huge in starting to, to break down those barriers and overcoming the actual fear itself. Step two on the, the overcoming lift was learn to live with it. Like learn to live mm -hmm. with the fact that you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. I, uh, again, back to that creativity class. I really like that class. It's a good class. <laughs> yeah. We had to, so we did an activity where we had to all write down what we think is our traits of a creative person. Mm -hmm. Me being me, I was like, I'm going to try to think of something different. And I actually wrote uh, disappointed. Oh, disappointed. And then I, we had to put it on the wall and she'd walk through and she's like, who wrote disappointed? I was like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's such a different one because all the other ones were like innovative, determined, Buzzwords. courageous. Yeah, like yeah. all of those words. And she's like, why'd you write uh, disappointed? I'm like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but chances are, especially in a field where not everyone's going to agree with your opinions or your work or your views, you have to be ready to be disappointed because, again, we build these expectations and we're constantly going to be disappointed. But the goal is to be OK with it and to grow resilient with Ooh. our disappointment. Resiliency just, and grit. Yeah, grit. that's, it, grit. that's, that's grit. so vital to like <laughs> to like being Dig in on. any kind of field anywhere, doing any kind of work that you love and or hey, just in general life. And I think that's just what acceptance is. So learning to be disappointed and understanding that it's OK to fail. It it's, is okay yeah, to fail. It's okay and to you fail. know what? I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> it just, it's, it's okay to fail because yeah. everyone starts somewhere. And, you know, when I came into Art Fundies, I was hell-bent on animation. And, you know, truth be told, I'm a terrible animator. Like, I don't want to draw the same thing <laughs> it's not what you think it is. hundred times. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I learned this through doing the portfolio, realizing how much I hated it, and then doing the illustration one instead. And so only through, like doing something and failing at it did i actually gain perspective in what direction i wanted to yeah. go and now that i'm in this degree program i absolutely love it because it's the right place for me mm. but i would never have got there if i hadn't got through all these hurdles that set me back and maybe i didn't get what i wanted but it also taught me like do i really want this or am i really good at something else sometimes you have to just try a whole bunch of stuff and if you look at it like an ex life's an experiment yeah you're like i'm just trying it out to see it, it's, yeah. it makes it easier where it goes yeah. and you're like it didn't work out then you know what then i'll just try something else and because there's so much to try yeah a lot of people just end up being so hard on themselves that everything is so definitive and i mentioned this to zach actually before about a lot of people who just finished high school and they don't know what to do with their lives oh i talked so, about my buddy who went to engineering uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, I told you about that. So, like, yeah. you just kind of—they feel like they have to go into whatever works out right away, and then they feel like there's—it's definitive. Like, I have to take this, and this is the rest of my career. But at the end of the day, it's just so much easier to be like, life's an experiment, as you said. And there's just there's time for things. You just have to make it and go through it and do what makes you happy. Like, it's never like you might go into one program and find that you hate it. 
there's nothing stopping you from being like, let's just stop this and try something new and see if I like that. Hell yeah. yeah. As opposed to the idea that like life's a race and you have yeah. to graduate so and much, do top, I don't know if it's you know? another generation yeah. thing that they, I thought, Dude, I know I think my it's parents just us. I don't know if our parents were like that. I no, think my, it's us. My parents were like that. They're like, oh, when you they have were kids? to go into, yeah, they were like, you should go into college right away. Uh, or else you're going to be left behind and you won't yeah, be able to yeah. get a job. And I was like, whoa, left behind whoa. Where? I was like, what? I mean, isn't Doing it better what? left, left behind? <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, but, you know, it's funny that you, like, we're eight, you're 18 or 17 when you graduate high school. And they still treat you like you're a child, but then they expect, they have this huge expectation of you to make a lifelong decision right away. And it's like, mm, you and should give yourself How time. do you make that decision yeah. if you don't? Play with stuff. Like you yeah. need to experiment yeah. with stuff. You need of to maybe course, go yeah. into that like intro program or that fundamentals program, media yeah. fundamentals, yeah. art fundamentals. So you can try everything and figure out like, I really don't want to be a sculptor. Yeah. Like don't want to be a sculptor. I learned this only <laughs> because I did it and I failed at it. And I got a terrible mark and some of my sculptures were so bad. Um, but I would never have, you know, been there if I hadn't tried it and failed and sucked at it. I, I learned yeah. a really great quote from Adventure Time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like sucking at something is the first step to being kind of good at something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, TV that's, shows. that stuck with me. I, I loved it. You learn from that. Um, all right. So then I, the, the last piece that I have is the, is the last piece of advice for overcoming failure I have is just ignore it. Just like, oh, oh, that didn't go well, very well. All right. Yeah. Let's just ignore it. And I mean, life is a progression, right? It's all about moving on. Um, anyone that uh, one of my professors recently was talking about process work so if you're new to Sheridan and new to your courses this is a word that's going to come up a lot is process do you know Victoria's shaking her head like no she's not in a she's not a drawing course but but yes process work process 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 so um, my wonderful professor Mr. Clemente we love you Clemente um, said to us draw all your crappy ideas like just draw all your crappy stuff Get it down, get it out, and by only by nature of putting the awful stuff out, and then show it, and just be like, "Oh, I made this awful thing, but I'm gonna ignore it because then that gave me space to make this really amazing other thing." And I, I got this, I got this terrible idea out, and now I've opened myself out up to having a fresh perspective on on getting something awesome done, and, and you're much more happier, much more happy with your work. That yeah, way, I think. Yeah, Nutty. Yeah. I agree. Not agree. I feel that way a lot when I'm just when my head's all cluttered and I'm thinking about a to-do list or like something that's like on my mind and uh, if it's bothering me and I write it down in like list form it's usually not as big as I thought it was and then I don't think about it anymore because I wrote it down and I know yeah. where to find it later if I need it so I find that yeah I find the whole process where like super, it really does make room you know it does yeah yeah I so, think another sorry we just go no, no, no. No. <laughs> I was just gonna say too I mean that's a probably advice to live throughout your life too. Like if there's something negative in your life too, especially if it's negative feedback or just you f- you're you giving yourself negativity, sometimes it's just easy to be like, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. So just ignore it and just, just get it out of there. Get it out. Just get rid of it. Yep. I, I live by that now. It's like positivity draws other positive things to it. Yeah. So as yeah. long as you're moving forward and Failure and procrastination are only holding you back. If, they, if they're not holding you back, they're holding you in the same place that you are right now. They're not actually mm-hmm. helping you move forward. So just by making that step and doing the thing, even if it's for five minutes, just yeah. do the thing. Just do the thing. Who cares what anyone else? Just forget about what everyone else is thinking. Forget mm-hmm. about the failure. Use it as a stepping stone and move forward. Uh, you're growing. And when you start to grow, other things grow with you. And that's really exciting. And, and you know, it brings good things into your lives. Amazing. 
Yo, what, what do you guys think? You, you, brought, you touched on this earlier, like right when we started, Jessica, about the, um, when we were talking about feeling like an imposter and we talked a little bit about uh, what, talent or or oh, being creative or whatever or having when you're feeling like you get a bad mark and it's a personal like, and then you have no talent or something talentless person yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah there's another word for it besides like talent can't remember anyway um wh what are your thoughts on like having talent like are, i like, hate this word i don't like yeah. the idea of talented i get this as a visual artist people will say oh you're so talented i wish i could be talented like you and i'm like hell no I'm trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like that yeah. better. I'm I like talented. that a lot better. I've, I've been so trained. Much. Like the only reason I'm here is because I've put work in, just like anyone else. So like you know, the, a magic magical film director. You're like he's so talented. Well, he probably went to school. He yeah, or you just you put effort to learn and experience. And so all that. there's a good question. How do do you feel like people are innately born with talent or skill, or do you think that it's something that they've achieved through uh, you know a, a nurture or an education? Um. I think about that stuff a lot. I okay, so it's kind of funny because I I kind of do agree. I think some people are naturally talented in certain things from the get go, and like they're lucky, especially if they're lucky enough to want to pursue that mm -hmm. for the rest of their lives. Uh, I think it's funny because in high school I can definitely say I exceeded pretty easily well in math and oh, things nice. like that, and I was like in a uh, like a clear path for me could have just been like doing math, <laughs> becoming an accountant. My dad was an accountant. I could have easily done that because I knew I was good at it and it was easy for me, but it wasn't something I necessarily enjoyed. And then I ended up pursuing film instead. And there's some people in my program that I think are quote unquote talented from the get-go. They just, they explode with ideas that always look good on camera and that are really cool. And they've definitely put effort. I never want to undermine anyone's effort that they put into it, but I'm like, yeah, you, you just born with it. I think everyone has something that they were just raised to be we might be raised or born with to so just be good at a certain aspect i don't think anyone necessarily pursues that though it's it's true i mean i think i think hard work is is also there's something to be said for hard work because mm -hmm. uh, another great quote that i stumbled across in my many many years of life <laughs> my many years of life uh was that hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard so yeah i agree I so i mean i feel like people can come in and they can be talented but talent in itself is not going to get you anywhere yeah so even if you come into your program and you see 100 other students you're like god they're so talented I'm an imposter. I shouldn't be here. These guys are so great at everything. I yeah. mean, hard work will get you there. And if these people rely on just, oh yeah, I'm just good at this. I'm just inherently good at art. They're never gonna work as hard as you. Yeah. Well, they're gonna. And they're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna hit a plateau at some point. Because it's like it's and like not climbing gonna have stairs. The they're gonna. Yeah. They're gonna find a breakthrough yeah. and they're gonna ride out that level for a little bit more. And you know that's how we plateau. And then we feel like a failure. And you're like, oh, I'm not growing anymore. And then you yeah. hit a breakthrough and you jump up a level. And um, I mean, I guess if you're if you're coasting through, just being like, oh, I'm just really good at this. It's fine. I'll just, you know, everything's great. And you'll probably see those people in your program, in your program and in your life mm -hmm. that are just, yeah, yeah, I got this. It's fine. And it can only take you so far. It can. It can. Yeah. It, it can. There's only so much, uh, so much growing you can do there. And eventually, if you put in the time and you put in the training and you, and you devote yourself to, you know, you're going to surpass that easily. Mm -hmm. So yeah. My favorite way to think about um, talent. Is that is ten percent luck, twenty percent skill, fifteen percent concentrated power of will, five percent fun, fifty percent pain, and one hundred percent reason to remember the name. Thank you. <laughs> I think that is the perfect segment to end this on. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. I've been to sitting Zach. on that for twenty minutes. <laughs> so
back in Victoria. Well, thank you for having us. Zach is on his own plane of existence right now. Yeah. Thank you. But it is a good plane. So thank yeah. you for joining us in the studio. If you want to meet Zach and Victoria in the flesh, yeah. you can come out and hang out with them and me at Toastmasters every yeah. Tuesday at 6.15. What what? G two hundred one, G two hundred one, nice. I promise. TRC campus, and then if you want to check out Sheridan Toastmasters, um, they also do have meetings for you people that are listening in from HMC and mm-hmm. Davis. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ice Tea with your Vice P. Please join us every two weeks. We're going to be having new topics, new conversations with your fellow students and alumni. So stay tuned. And uh, yes, any last thoughts? Uh, Zach seems like he always has thoughts. Go. <sighs> Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you mentioned a quote from Adventure Time that yes. you liked. Was sucking at something. Okay, kind of good at it. Okay, something I love from Rick and Morty, despite the like the fan base is kind of hard to watch sometimes. All right. Is <laughs> that um, something Rick said one time when he was yelling at Morty, uh, talking about how he only does things when he's certain he wants to do them, and I love that. And when when I'm feeling like uncertain and like I'm being pulled around and I'm not doing things that I want to do, I'm just like, okay, no, no, I'm gonna figure out what I want to do. I'm 100% sure I want to do it. Great. No regrets. Let's do it. Beautiful. I love No that. regrets. No regrets. Yeah. All right, folks. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.